Hey folks, this is Josh Schlossberg with the Green Root Podcast. For this episode, I'm flying solo, and I'm going to talk about a topic that has been a long time coming. I haven't found a way to incorporate it into my environmental podcast as of yet, and then I came up with this idea. So basically what I want to talk about is the overlap between COVID denial, or what I call viral denial, and climate change denial. There are obviously lots of overlaps, so let's get into it. Okay, so both of these things are real problems that are very bad and getting worse. And I want to get into some of the specifics of COVID, and we'll keep the climate change pretty general because we already know what's going on with that. But what we're dealing with here in terms of COVID is, of course, more of an immediate problem. So if we triage, yes, that needs to come before climate change. I'm not saying, oh, we shouldn't care about climate change, but this really brings everything to a head. The fact that all of this virus spreading is happening right now versus climate change. We do have some time. We don't have a lot of time, but I think understanding why people are in denial about COVID is a really good way to perhaps address the climate change situation. And it's very disturbing what's going on with COVID. I'm not going to get into specific numbers. You can look that up yourself, but there are tens of millions of cases in the U.S., probably more, hundreds of thousands of deaths, very likely more. We're not even talking about around the world where it gets even crazier. The U.S. is doing worst, maybe not of every country in the world, but pretty close Places like Nigeria, the poorest country in the world, are doing so much better. Remember when we thought, oh, this is going to be so hard on the developing nations. Well, it turns out it's not exactly the case because this is not an issue of poverty. This is an issue of acceptance and behavior change and functional government. So the situation right now is things are pretty bad. We had a lull over the summer because people were mostly at least partly, doing the right thing, right? Even with our half-ass stay-at-home orders in different states at different times in the spring, things were cooling down. Then the fall came, and it's hard to say exactly what's going on with that. People say it's because people are indoors more. I don't know if that's the case. People weren't like they were only picnicking all summer. That doesn't seem the case. I think it's more the COVID fatigue and the politicization of it, although it was political from the beginning, but even more so now. So we really, right now, we could nip this in the bud with a four-week paid stay-at-home orders on the federal level. So every state doing this, and the government just bails it out. It would be far cheaper than the overall impact of just letting this drag out. But we're run by idiots, and Trump isn't going to do that. And guess what? Neither is your Biden. So I didn't vote for either of those folks, so I can wash my hands of any of them. But even Biden said, we're not going to do that. So that's really unfortunate. At the very least, he could have pretended and said, that's why we want you to do this, Trump. Not going to do the thing that we know would actually work. Not a lot of politicians are speaking up. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I'm not always much of a fan of, frankly. I think 
she's not the sharpest tool in the shed, and I think a lot of her policies are kind of half-assed and more activisty than pol politician-like. But she's saying the right thing on this, so I'm going to hand it to her. I, I reward people for their good behavior, and she's saying we need to have some stay-at-home orders that are paid, and I think she's absolutely right. But nevertheless, we're not doing that. So what it is is it's up to states to enforce public health orders and really us individuals to do the right thing. If you're listening to this and you're doing the right thing, it doesn't mean being perfect, but you know when you're doing the right thing, then thank you. You are literally saving lives and you're just, frankly, a human being and you're doing the right thing, so I appreciate it. But what we have right now is what I'm calling viral denial. I call these folks suicide spreaders. They're kind of like the kamikaze pilots in World War II in Japan where they're just like, we're gonna take you out by just running the plane into you. Somebody mentioned the concept of roulette, Russian roulette, and I, I'm calling it viral roulette. So whatever colorful, colorful term you want to use, this, this is the, an activist movement. We right now have an activist movement to spread disease. Now, we've sort of had that with climate denial, right? But for the most part, they're not necessarily going around deliberately burning more fossil fuels, although there have been those individuals. But we have these folks who are saying that they're deliberately going to do the things to oppose public health orders. So it, it there is some parallels there, but this is far, far worse. And here in Colorado, we have public health orders from the state. They're actually super weak and they kept going back on what they said they were going to do. But even that, people are saying, we're not going to do it. We're not going to close our restaurants down. Counties, which are responsible for public health orders because we have a home rule state, they are saying, a few counties or one in particular, that they're not going to enforce at all. I've been in touch with other counties and I know they're doing little to no enforcement. So it's really coming down to the state level to do something and they are a bunch of cowards and hypocrites. So we're not really sure what's gonna happen. So here we have individuals who refuse to do the right thing and then we have politicians that are just mouthing it. So that's definitely an overlap with climate change where, oh, we're gonna join some accord which does nothing and individuals are, some of us are doing the right thing, but the reality is even those of us low, living low on the hog in the U.S., I don't know if that's enough in terms of climate. I think we need to be going deeper in terms of how we're going to be living and how our economies are set up versus just, oh, I'm going to use slightly less. That's fine and that's great. And I do that and I encourage that, but that's, that isn't enough. Now, climate change I guess you can say that the vast majority, if not all, the people who are in denial about that are conservative, libertarian, right-wing, whereas very few folks who are on the left or liberal are opposed to climate change measures. I think a lot of them are indifferent or not doing anything. So that's definitely a difference. But I have to say, because with climate change, mostly on the right, or almost entirely on the right. With COVID, it is mostly on the right. I'm just going to throw a number out there, which is totally not based on anything, but 90%. But there is a percentage of folks on the left that are not heeding the warnings of COVID, some of the organic health nuts. And I consider myself one of them, but I'm not one of the stupid ones because basically they're saying, oh, I take my vitamin D. Like, yeah, me too. That doesn't make you immune from this or maybe you'll be fine, but then you'll spread it. So 
all this stuff. I don't need to mouth all the obvious things about COVID. If you don't know at this point, then you don't want to know and you're an idiot and I don't want you listening to my podcast. So this is not for, I'm going to change people's minds. That's the other topic. Folks with climate change, you can't change their mind. And spending time trying to convince those folks is a waste of time. We have to act as if it is already true and then go about doing things better in terms of our lifestyle, in terms of modeling, and in terms of getting politicians to do the right thing. We don't need all these folks for climate change. But the, okay, the thing is we don't need everyone, but we do need a lot of people for climate change. And I would say that's even more so with a virus, right? If you have... 30% of the population that just decides that this stuff doesn't exist, which might be close to the truth in terms of population, then it's very difficult to get this under wraps without a vaccine. And I think when we have a vaccine that is deployed, I think the numbers there, I don't remember, I'm not going to quote number, I thought it was something like 70%. Uh, no, that's not even true. We don't need everyone to take the vaccine. So it doesn't seem as if that matters, but for right now, pre-vaccine, it does matter to have more of the population on board with not deliberately spreading disease. Now, both of these have overwhelming scientific evidence. You can definitely pick through it and find some studies to prove whatever you want. Oh, look, masks are not 100% effective. Yeah, no one ever said that they were. Or just whatever data you want to find, there are certainly some scientists who say that climate change is not human caused or is not primarily human caused. And I don't know, right? I, I'm sure it's at least largely human caused. And in fact, if it is even mostly natural and we humans are putting it over the top, that's, we still have to do things differently. And that's what folks are doing in terms of this virus. They're like, look how it's harmed businesses by shutting them down. It's like, no, no, no. It's the pandemic that is harming businesses. The idea of blaming folks. And then these folks have said, they're like, oh, well, you know, look, it, the numbers went down over the summer. It's like they went down because people were taking this seriously. So they'll actually claim credit for the things that the smart people are doing. And they're like, see, we told you it's not a big deal. These people's opinion on this do not matter anymore. Okay. Their opinion on this does not matter. Does it mean that their opinion on other things doesn't matter? Possibly. If your opinion, listen, I, I think there's more room for climate denial than there is for viral denial. Because the thing about climate change is it is harder to see. Now, there is overwhelming evidence, and I don't think there's any real question. But you can explain it away with, oh, this is just the climate's always changed and weather patterns have always been weird and things like that. So you can do that till the cows come home. And I don't really respect that point of view, but I don't think of them as a terrible person necessarily if they don't believe in climate change. But people who say that this pandemic doesn't exist, I don't respect them as humans. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's, it's, this is the darkest I've gotten probably ever in terms of my opinions of other human beings. But like I said, on environmental issues, I, I could disagree with the majority of the public. And I don't think that the people's opinions don't count anymore. But if the, your opinion on this virus is, is not real, it's just the flu, 
yeah, your opinion doesn't count on this. And I think your opinions on other things don't count at all. You shouldn't be voting. You shouldn't be having family. You shouldn't be in charge of children. You shouldn't be working a job. You should be locking yourself in the basement. And if you are somebody who's still listening and you're like that, I will personally pay for somebody to deliver food to you so you never leave the house so we don't have to deal with you because you are a garbage person. Now, those who have listened to my podcast, but this is number 30 something, I've never been that negative because this is very different. And that's probably why I haven't done this podcast because I knew it's going to get dark. So I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. We'll see if that happens. So both of these are said to be conspiracies, right? So we have the climate change conspiracy. Oh, this is for government control. And then the COVID thing, this is, yep, see, this is how they're going to do it. Now, of course, the reality is anyone who has been paying attention to viruses and pandemics, as I've been and reading about this stuff and writing about it, I've almost been like, why are there not more pandemics? Like, it's the most natural thing in the world for there to be pandemics, especially these days when we're going into ecosystems and disrupting them, the wildlife trade and possibly the eating of animals that we shouldn't be and maybe we shouldn't be eating any animals, the factory farming and things like that. So it's really a surprise that we haven't had more pandemics. We had the H1N1 and things like that, which they think has to do with factory farming. So I think that's the most obvious thing in the world that we'd have a pandemic. And I think it's clear that at some point in time, our fossil fuel use and planetary destruction would actually catch up to us. So I think those are pretty obvious. Now, here's the thing. Are governments taking advantage of both climate change and the pandemic to ratchet up control? You know what? Probably a little bit, but that doesn't make it not true. Now, what I find really interesting is folks who have never cared about government overreach in their life, all of a sudden they're concerned about that and they think they're standing up for freedom. And when the reality is they're just standing up for their own convenience and lifestyle. Now, I've told them, I'm like, guess what? Folks like us, activists who have been on the left in terms of fighting against corporations and police control and governmental control for a long time, we got that. Don't worry. We're the ones who push back against the Patriot Act. We're the ones who push back against NSA spying, all that sort of stuff while you were off in la-la land. So don't worry. We'll we'll be on top of that stuff. Once this pandemic is over, and if they try any of that shit, we won't let them. We don't really need your help because you're not really helpful. So let us let us be in charge of that. But yeah, I think it's fair to acknowledge situations where the government might be exaggerating things. But the idea, and this is something they say, that they want us to wear masks because it's sort of a, a way of clowning with us. It's a way of just controlling us to have it. It's like, that is just, that's such nonsense. Occam's razor, people, don't get so complicated. Occam's razor is the concept that the simplest solution is usually the most accurate one. So uh, the idea that the government's like, hey guys, first we're going to tell them masks don't work because we're, we're just going to play with them. And of course, the reason they did that is because masks were so effective, they didn't want them to be taken away from people on the front line, like healthcare providers and police and firefighters and stuff like that. So the reality is masks were you know, extremely effective. But the idea that they're going to tell us that, they're going to lie to us, and then they're going to make us wear them so we all look silly. 
come on, man. Like, we're already doing what the government wants us to do in terms of being mindless consumers and dividing ourselves based on ideologies instead of looking at the elite classes versus the average American. So I don't buy that for really a second. We're going to be watching out for it after the pandemic if they try to pull anything. But the reality is, if anything, the government hasn't been pushing anything on our the American people. And because of our obsession with quote, freedom, which is not freedom, our, our obsession with freedom from responsibility has made it so now we are living in a hellscape. So governments that have been serious about this, a lot of them are living more normal lives like New Zealand. Oh yeah, the, the authoritarian, totalitarian regime of New Zealand. No, they're smart. They're like, hey, we don't want this stuff here. We're going to lock things down for a little bit and actually I don't have the details, but maybe they hit a closer to a, a lockdown. The U.S. has never had a lockdown. We have never been locked down. We could always go to shopping. They could go to a liquor. When you can buy liquor and pot, it's not a lockdown, okay? And I'm not saying a China-style lockdown would have been the best idea, but we should have done more of a orchestrated one, and we can still do it, but we're not going to because we don't really care about life, I guess. They're just more afraid of harming the perception of consumption is basically the situation. So let's see here. Same with climate change. If most people aren't taking action, this is only going to get worse. And we are unfortunately seeing that with COVID. I have a feeling that if numbers get too crazy, there's just going to be something that's just going to be have, have to be done. I don't think the government can just stand by as hundreds of thousands more die, but who knows? We're, we're starting to get pretty numb to these numbers. Even I am. I'm like, oh, okay, it was only that many. Like, If I had known early on in the pandemic that quarter million people are going to die for sure, and we might have double that, I hope not, but it's possible. In the U.S. alone, whew, I don't know. I don't know how I would have coped with that. And the concept of coping is something I'm going to get into in a minute because I think that's central to all this, but I'll save that for a minute. But the, the thing right now is we do have to be doing the right thing, those of us who actually care about this. Now, it is important to do the right thing in, in terms of you should be, right now, you shouldn't really be having hardly any social plans at all. It was debatable over the summer. I really limited mine, but people didn't want to do that. Fine. It seemed to be so okay in some places, whatever. But right now, we're back the way we were in March. And if whatever you were doing in March in terms of pulling back, you should be doing that more so now. So that's really important. We need to encourage our friends who are actually can listen, anyone who is reasonable. Hey, y'all, we should be doing the right things here. And we need to be encouraging our government to be doing the right thing. Now, I am somebody who has fought against the government every step of the way. I've gone to jail literally for fighting against the government on many occasions. I have sued cities for taking away my right to be out in public and saying stuff. So when somebody like me is saying, wow, the government might actually be right, because this is the only point, one of the few points of the government is to protect the average citizen from selfishness of the rest. So that's the case with environmental stuff. Like, we don't need government, really. Well, I think we do, because otherwise developers will just snatch up every piece of land. We need to have public lands. That's one of the best things that our government does is... We have national parks and national forests and wilderness. Now, a lot of them are not as protected as 
many of us would like, but at least the concept is sound. That's that's public. That's if that's communism, then sign me up. But no, I'm not a communist, and I personally think a hybrid economy might be the best one. But that concept of the commons, I think, is beautiful. And yeah, I don't like the government telling me what to do on most things, but guess what, people? If you do the right thing, you don't need the government telling you what to do. Now, why do we have speed limits? Because some people want to drive 120 miles an hour. I don't do that because I don't want to die and kill people. But others need the law, clearly. So yeah, if we get to the point where we've all developed to the extent that we're doing the right thing, we always take into account others, then we probably would need less laws. And that's what's so ironic about the libertarian perspective is that their whole thing is supposedly personal responsibility, but they're not taking personal responsibility right now. So they are literally the ones who are making it so the government has to step in. They're like, look at the government, what they're doing. The government's doing that because of you, because you can't just do the right thing. So I was thinking of a concept. It's basically like libertarianism minus personal responsibility. Call it what it is. It's domestic terrorism. That's, that's what it is when you're just, I'm going to do whatever I want. That's not what freedom is. We have the freedom. I have the freedom to not have you infect everyone around me. I have the freedom to not be infected. Like, well, you just stay home and hide. That's not how anything works in our society. I have the freedom to spray machine gun fire at anyone I want. No, you don't. You obviously don't have that right. So the idea that it's just this black and white concept is just really, really false. So we need to both model the right thing, we need to encourage people to do the right thing, but we need our government to be doing the right thing. And I'm gonna give you an example of something that I started up and now we have other folks on board and we are actually making a difference here, a little difference. And if there were more folks involved, which I'm trying to get, and if we do this in every state and make this national, this would really work. I'm hoping this won't be necessary because things will be dying down pandemic-wise soon, but I started something called Colorado COVID Watch because I would go to these businesses and I would just see the most basic public health measures as in the people who work there, like at the post office and stuff like that, just not even doing the most basic thing like wearing a mask. Like, And it's not just about wearing a mask. If you're not wearing a mask in public as an employee, you're not doing anything else around COVID. You're not social distancing. You're not limiting your contacts. You're not doing anything. You're probably going out sick because you think that you can do whatever you want whenever you want to. So that became quite alarming to me. And then I would see at a grocery store I would go to, natural grocers. This is certainly not a commercial for them because you'll hear in a second why it's not. Pretty much every time I'd go in there, it'd be somebody without a mask. Every time. So this isn't like, oh, sometimes it's like, wow, there is always somebody without a mask in there. I've spoken to the individuals and I've, I've gotten to a little bit of heated argument with them because I have to say it's, it's, an, it's a topic that I have a hard time being calm about. I can talk about environmental issues all day with somebody I disagree with and never even really raise my voice. But with this, people who are deliberately spreading disease, I just, I, I can't, I can't tolerate that. You know, that would be just like, oh, well, I'm going to talk to this child molester and let me let me hear your point of view. It's like, no, your point of view does not count. What you are doing is wrong and you should be locked in a cage. I'm sorry, but it's true. So I got sick of that and then I contacted, well, I talked to the managers there and then they say, listen, we've been told by the corporate office 
We have our sign saying you should wear a mask, but if they don't wear a mask, we're not going to bother them because one time in one inner city, somebody was shot over it. And I inquired from the public health departments, like, are they allowed to do that? They're like, no. It's just like they have to not sell alcohol to people under 21, how if you walk in there naked, they have to say you can't be naked, how if they have an outbreak of salmonella or if they have rats running around, they do have to enforce these things. And yeah, if their customers are coming in and breaking the law, they have to say, hey, excuse me, you need to do this. And so I, I kind of got on that case. I started Colorado COVID Watch because I kept seeing this everywhere. So basically what we're doing is we're reporting businesses that are not following the public health measures. And like, here I am cooperating with the government, I know, but these it's so widespread that I, I, I feel like the greater evil is just to let that happen. So we got a bunch of folks involved to complain to the public health departments. I talked to them. They said, yeah, we've gotten a lot of complaints about natural grocers and other businesses as well. But we were focusing on natural grocers because they are a billion dollar corporation that is based in Colorado and they're national. So, or at least in Western states. And they had been known as a place where anti-maskers could congregate. So more and more of them would go there because they know that they don't have to put the thing on their face, what they call face-friendly business. <laughs> and so... I realized we needed to nip that in the bud. And so we we put enough pressure on them and we contacted our elected officials. And then we got, there were two articles written. Well, first just one and then an article after it happened. But we got an article written in Westward that explained what Natural Grocers was doing, which was against these public health orders on the state level, which are in fact, contrary to popular belief, they are law. I have done the research on that, and it is, in fact, a law. Some people say, if it's not in the Constitution, it's not a law. Yeah, so your speed limit's not in the Constitution, so you can just drive as fast as you want, go for it, and see what happens, right? Just just kind of idiocy, and don't worry, I will get back to climate change in a minute, but let me finish telling my story here. So we got this article written. We sent that around from Westward, which is our Denver's, alternative newspaper so their weekly paper which is pretty well distributed and then what we found was on a i found this an internal memo a photograph taken of this because they didn't want to announce it publicly because they would have to have admitted that they weren't enforcing it all along but then they had a new policy that said we are now enforcing all anti-maskers, as wasn't their language, but we are now enforcing it. We're hiring new greeters. So now they're hiring a whole bunch of people the way they did in the beginning of the pandemic to tell people they need to put their masks on. This was as of November 20th. So they actually said in this second Westward article, oh, we, we've been enforcing it the whole time. They, they haven't. And their new policy shows now we're going to enforce it. So, you know, fine, let them lie as long as they're doing the right thing now. But I checked out what a lot of the anti-maskers were saying. All of a sudden, they were flipping out because their safe space, as they called it, was no longer a safe space. They were not being allowed to shop there. So that that is now in place in 75 stores across the West. That's like 40 in Colorado and then a bunch in Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, a few other states. I can't remember. Washington. I think this was already in place in Oregon because they have stricter measures there or something. So this is potentially hundreds of thousands of 
person-to-person interactions that are now going to be masked interactions that weren't before because of Colorado COVID watch. And not just me, but the folks who are involved with it. We have medical professionals involved with the group. We have a lot of folks who are putting this out there. So I started this little thing only a month ago. We got a a billion dollar corporation to change their policy just to follow the basic law to not kill people during the worst part of the worst pandemic we've had in 100 years. You wouldn't think we would need to do that, but it just proves that we can have a bit of influence Maybe not as much with climate change, but definitely in terms of this. And maybe there are some lessons. I don't know. But so for those of you who are saying, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. I have just proven you wrong. There are things we can do that can make a difference. And our next step now is we have a petition that we are trying to get. Well, we will be getting the state of Colorado to enforce these restrictions on businesses that are just saying, you know, what, we're not going to follow the public health orders. And then they're just getting away with it. And then more and more businesses are doing it. And you know what, if that's gonna, if that doesn't work, if these businesses can do whatever they want, then I'm gonna start doing whatever I want in terms of any law. So I'm just gonna assume that I can drink alcohol on the street, be publicly naked and drunk in the second time I brought up nudity. Uh, I can do whatever I want apparently because the state doesn't enforce stuff. So they put themselves in a spot where they're probably going to have to enforce. And we are encouraging them to do that. And that's what our petition is because they have the legal right to do it when the counties refuse. So yes, big government, do something. Do the one thing that you're even supposed to do, which is protect the people, protect the natural world from people who do not have the psychological development to do so on their own. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. So how did we get here? Now, the climate change stuff and anti-environmentalism, yeah, that's been depressing for a long time. This viral denial stuff is, I would say, the darkest moment in U.S. history for the past decades, at least. Obviously, the U.S. has done horrible things in terms of genocide and slavery and Jim Crow and racism institutionalized and all sorts of stuff like that terms of different drinking fountains and oh, all that stuff. That's terrible. So, but this is different. This isn't the government doing this. This is the government letting stuff happen. And this is a coalition of people whose cause, all right, their activist cause. So you and I are like, well, let's save some trees. They're like, let's spread some disease. This is literally their cause. I don't know if we can come back from this. This is this is the darkest, deepest point in terms of a psychological, ideological divide in our country that we've ever had. And I think it's important to trace how we got there because maybe we can pull out of it. But, but this is worse than white supremacists? Yes, this is worse than white supremacists. Yeah. This is worse than Nazis? I'm a Jew. Yes, it's worse than Nazis. It is, because that is the fringe of the fringe of the fringe, and they don't have power. This is a large percentage of our population that is saying viruses don't exist, and even if they're not saying that, they're acting as such. So we've got to see how, how, we, got, how we got there, and let's see here. So Obviously, we have folks on the, on the right who are, who are mostly responsible for this, although there are folks on the left, and I'll explain how we open the door to this. So how do we open the door to people just being able to gather against public health orders? It was Black Lives Matter protests. 
Now, oh my God, have you come out against it? No. Listen to my podcast I made when the George Floyd situation was happening. I said it was egregious and the police brutality issue is a root issue we need to address. The racism component is a branch of it that we also have to address, but it's very important and it ties into environmentalism. You can listen to my podcast on that. So I believe that the overall message behind Black Lives Matter where black men primarily are disproportionately targeted by police, I think that's that's the case. And I think there are situ there are aspects that we need to address. And I get the protests. Let's just say, even though it was in the middle of pandemic and I thought that was irresponsible for folks to do, I get it. I get I get a week of protest. But then they called attention to it and then people were still doing protests for months and months. And aside from the spread of COVID that happened from that, which is fact, it maybe didn't spread as much as the right wing rallies, but I'm sorry. Not everyone was wearing masks. Masks aren't 100%. These were huge rallies. COVID spread. The bigger damage is that because there wasn't much pushback against that, the right-wing folks in terms of their COVID denial now have carte blanche to do everything because they it would be hypocritical to come down on them when it was allowed. Because, yeah, people say the cops cracked down. They certainly did in some instances. But as somebody who's basically been arrested for handing out brochures and used to be a part of the black bloc, I can tell you that, which is what Antifa is now, uh, they really let a lot of stuff happen that they wouldn't have in the past. And because it was tied into that issue, that sensitive issue of racism, so they didn't want to push back against that too much. They definitely, police did, there was a lot of police brutality during these BLM protests for sure. And there were definitely some elements of it that, that were just riots and looting and not protests. And there was probably a little bit of overlap, but there was plenty of, and probably mostly legitimate protests, whereas there was some criminality and unconscionable destruction of even black owned businesses, which is just crazy. The allowing of that to happen ushered in, well, if these people are doing this, we can do whatever we want. And all of a sudden people were saying, people are getting away with this. They see what people are doing. And then they started to lessen their own personal restrictions. So I think we have to be accountable for that. That's part of it. The other part is that folks on the right have been pushed back against because of their support for Trump. And that's they should be because Trump is the worst president we've ever had and says 90% of the shit that comes out of his mouth is idiotic. But here's the thing. 10% of it is just Republican whatever. And maybe even 1% of it actually once in a while makes sense. The concept of a stopped clock is right twice a day. So, but what happened is folks on the left and the media, most of which does lean left. It's just a fact as somebody who's been in the media who, when I would try to write pieces that would even critique our own movements for to improve them, I had trouble getting those published because it was just like, well, that sounds like it's against the left. And even though it's like, no, it's actually the most for the left to actually win one. But regardless, so the, the media has been, and I'm going to say this, this is fact. The media has been unfair to Donald Trump on some occurrences. So what happened is 90% of what Trump says is idiotic. You just have to quote him and just put it out there. Look at what this jackass said. The media is like, we're going to make 100% of it. And so they distort about 10% of it into something that it wasn't. And so now what happens is folks on the right who are already culturally irrelevant in many ways, and they're certainly not being represented in institutions and 
there's some issues with that in some cases. Sorry, if you're not as psychologically developed, it's not our fault. But that there has been some unfair pushback. And so they know for a fact, and it is 100% a fact, that the media has lied and distorted and manipulated information and been biased against Trump. So they have now evidence to not listen to the media. And so what happened was they stopped paying attention to the media. And now in the media, which has cried wolf on so many things, there's a, there's a, you know, a, a Nazi behind every bush that everyone on the right is racist. A fair amount of them are, 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 but a lot of them are just indifferent to race. If you understand concepts of psychological development, you understand they're just group centric. It doesn't mean they hate the other groups. They just like their groups the most. And that component of it made it so they've been pushed into a corner. So they don't believe in the media. So the media that's actually telling the truth for once around, hey, COVID's real. You need to be careful about it. They're like, yeah, you were the one who said this about this and that was bullshit. And it's like, well, I guess it was. And then calling every single Trump supporter a racist. Like I said, a lot of them are, but a lot of them are not. And so they're like, they're, they're calling us the worst thing and you know what? Screw these people. So they, you, we backed them into a corner, right? And I'm not saying ideological or, sorry, identity politics. Some identity politics is relevant. We did a podcast on has identity politics helped or harmed the environmental movement. I'm basically paying the good cops saying sometimes it's relevant, like environmental racism stuff around incinerator stuff. There, there's definitely some relevance with it. But making the, the overarching component instead of the the foundation is environmental stuff and then there are social components inside of it. I think identity politics plays a role and is important, but when you obsess about it and you make it everything, you have to twist everything. And so the left's obsession with identity politics has basically, oh, you're a Trump supporter, you hate all these people. And the people know that's not true, but they're already being called the worst things in the world. So what, what do they have left to them now that they're backed into a corner? The election is fake. And this virus stuff you're telling us about isn't even real. So I'm not even getting to the election stuff because who cares? But the virus denial, the viral denial thing, that is so, so, I can't even find the words for it. It is such a new level of insanity that, we can't just brush this over. And I think if we just say, oh yeah, they deny climate change. Oh yeah, some of them don't like black people. This makes perfect sense. It really doesn't. Those things are terrible, but to pretend that a disease doesn't exist, that is a new level and we have to accept that that is true. And we have to address this. Now, I will, I will give some examples of maybe how to heal this and how to mend this but I don't, I don't know, but I want to try to end it on a positive note, but basically let's try to figure out why else they might be thinking this. So basically they are saying, you're lying to us, so we're going to not believe anything you say. Some of them I think are just being rebels just to be rebels. And this is all they have left, right? All they have left is to gather huge groups in Thanksgiving to keep their business open, to protest what they see as left-wing libtards, whatever terms they want to use. But I think this is, this is, it goes deeper. And 
My friend Mark Rabinowitz, he came on one of our podcasts as well to talk about a whole bunch of things. So you should definitely check that out. Flatten the the Limits to Growth, I believe, is the name of the podcast with Mark Rabinowitz. But he said that these folks are basically in denial because of fear. And I've since investigated that, and I think it's true. Maybe not for all of them, but for a lot of them. Because these folks, we think they're just callous, horrible people, and some of them are. And I don't say that about most things. Oh, I don't believe in climate change. I don't think they're automatically a horrible person. If you don't think this virus is real and you're spreading the virus, you are a horrible person. And, but here, here, here's what's going on. I think some of these folks are so psychologically fragile, right? They're so psychologically fragile that the only way that they can accept their life right now is to tell themselves that the pandemic isn't happening, that they can't process the fact that they themselves might be at risk, that their family members might be at risk, that government isn't doing much, that hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Listen to them talk. They're like, ah, it's not 250,000 people. It's like, well, why are you saying that? Because if it really was 250,000 people who died, and it was and more so, they would have to realize how horrible this is. So this is all they have is it's not happening. Masks don't do anything because if I wore a mask, I have to accept that this is a real thing. Lockdowns or stay-at-home orders are just fascism because if I accepted that personal responsibility is necessary here, I would have to change my behaviors. And I think it's this kind of thing where the deeper you go, the more in denial you have to be. We have to be even crazier and crazier about this. Same with climate change. So these folks, if they if they woke up one day and they were like, holy crap, I've been putting my mother at risk to a deadly disease because I wanted to stick it to the left. It, they might not be able to come back from that. They can't, all their confidence would be eroded. All their trust in themselves would disappear. So they have to just keep doubling down. No, oh, you know what? I just decided that uh, viruses aren't even real. Germ theory from the 1850s. That's nonsense. I'm going to go back to the middle ages with humors and, and it's swamp gases that are causing this or 5G, whatever. I'm not a fan of expanding our technology, but I don't think 5G has caused this viral pandemic. So I, it's helped me have at least a little bit of understanding of where they're coming from. I'm trying to have some compassion for them. This is the hardest I've ever tried to have compassion for people. And I, I'm having a hard time. It's kind of like you like the idea of like, okay, that person killed your spouse because they were drunk driving and you want to be able to forgive them, right? You've seen those videos online where the family members attend the, the trial of the killer of their daughter and they forgive the person. I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm that strong a person to be able to do that. I'm trying to do that with this COVID thing. Basically what we have is a bunch of, I don't want to say terrorists, but they're borderline terrorists, some of them. Murderers, not quite. They're definitely manslaughterists. <laughs> so I'm having, trying to have compassion for them with the understanding that they're just so afraid that they can't accept any other way of thinking except for none of this is real. 
So that might be an insight that's useful. Same with climate change. If they've spent their whole lives denying this stuff, it's really hard for them to, oh man, I'm contributed to the end of the human race. That's an even bigger one to deal with because existentially, of course, climate change is far worse, right? But right now, as we're speaking triage-wise, this is terrible. I mean, it's a situation where somebody is bleeding to death from a massive chest wound, but they also have terminal cancer. Okay, the terminal cancer might be worse in many ways, but you have to tend to the the chest wound right now or they definitely will die. So that's kind of how I look at the COVID versus climate issue. But I think what we have to do is we have to give these folks a an opportunity to redeem themselves. Now, I'm not spending a lot of time having conversations with these people because I don't think it is a really that valuable. I don't think we're going to change their minds, but we need to leave them a little bit of room to mend their ways. So I like with what the state has done here in Colorado, there are a few businesses that refuse to abide by public health orders. They shut them down for a day and then they say, okay, you can open back up for takeout because that's all we're allowing right now. Don't do it again. I think that's a good approach. They're like, listen, we're, we're going we're gonna to lay down the law here. We can take away your business license and you can't sell food at all. We're not going to do that. So you give people a little chance to redeem themselves. And then once they see in the light, you say, hey, Glad you figured that out. That's what we're doing at Colorado COVID Watch, businesses that do the wrong thing. We, we contact them behind the scenes. We give them an opportunity to change. And if they do, we actually advocate for their business. We promote lots of businesses who are doing the right thing during the pandemic because that's also important. We have to show the alternative. But we lay out the stick. But then if they come to the right side, we say thank you. And that's what we did with Natural Grocers. We say, hey, you're doing the right thing now. You're lying about having not done it, but whatever. Now you're doing the right thing. You're, you're not going to hear from us much more as long as you, you do the right thing. So we got to give people a little space. And I think what that means is we need to lay off on the labeling for things that are subjective. Now, if people are spreading disease deliberately, that is not subjective. Okay. That is a fact. We know that viruses are real. We know that their behavior is extremely risky and it doesn't just impact them, it impacts our entire community. That's why things are going out of control. That is objective. Subjective is saying that because they support a right-wing candidate because they're not a leftist, then they are the same as a Nazi. We have to stop that shit, it's wrong. I'm somebody who is a Jew who studied the Holocaust. It is not accurate, it is really, I have to say it's offensive to folks like me who have had our blood relatives extinguished in these things. So you're saying people who are like for property rights are therefore want to kill Jews. It's just like enough. All right. Just enough of that because that's your thing that you're obsessed with. That's part of your ideology. And sure, there are anti-Semites. Sure, there are racists in this country. And we need to be dealing with that by showing another way. But calling everyone a racist and an anti-Semite does not fix that. In fact, it dilutes it and diminishes it. Because if everyone's racist, then no one's racist. So I think that's, that's harmful. More racism saying, you know, I'm, I'm a Jew. I don't have a dog in this race. I'm not, I don't consider myself white. But like being directly anti-white is not going to help anti-black racism. Okay, or anti-Latino or anti-Asian. We have to stop being anti-people because of their race. Now we can acknowledge that the anti-people of color racism has a far worse history and a lot of those folks are suffering under lots of different situations 
uh, largely poverty. And so that, that's, that's still very real. And in some ways, I guess you can say is worse. But when I see anti-racist people who are saying, yeah, and all white people are blah, 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 I cringe because I can step outside of that. I'm like, oh, I'm a Jew. It doesn't, doesn't apply to me. But I'm just like, man, it'd be the same thing if I saw just people saying that about black people. That is just like not cringe as on the internet, but like I literally cringe. Like I have a, I have a physical reaction. Like, oh my God, you're really saying that? So stop that. And stop beating up on these people for their level of psychological development alone unless they are doing things to harm people. So this is behavior versus thoughts. So you know what, even if they, they don't like certain groups, if they're just thinking that, who cares? Who cares? Are there, is their behavior harming anyone because of race? They need to be taken down, not, not violently, but they cannot be allowed to do that. But let people have their ideas. Like if people are like, I don't really believe in climate change, but I'm gonna do the right thing for climate change anyway, all right, we're gonna let you go. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna let you let you be here. I'm gonna give you space to evolve because really that's what's happening here. This is psychological development. There are levels of psychological development. You can look this up online, pretty much anywhere. Any psychologist understands this. This is adult psychological development where you go from stages of egocentrism, and most of us go through that when we're younger and children, but some people stay in that, where it's just about them. The world revolves around them, egocentrism. Then it becomes group centrism, so it's about your group. So as Jews, it's like, oh, all I care about are Orthodox Jews, right, if you're Hasidic. This is my group. Do they hate other groups? Sometimes they do, but most of the time they just identify most with their group. They care about things for their group. Then you get to a point where you're starting to see the larger society at whole, and then you can get to the point where it's almost like the whole cosmos, but most people aren't gonna get there, and I don't think I'm there either. So it's a process of personal growth. So what we wanna do is we wanna encourage people to come along that pathway where they don't, well, I wanna develop that lot because it will make me money. Okay, well, look at what it does to this stream bed. Look at what it does to the community as a whole. That's a little bit harder, tangential. It's a bit tangential when you look at the environment. So that's a very difficult thing for people to see that they can't, if they don't see it, if they don't see how they're a part of the natural world and the environment and how harming that is harming themselves and also a deer has a right to exist too, then you, you can't convince them otherwise. Now, when it comes to this virus stuff, these people are either very egocentric, they they. They think that any restriction, I can't go to the restaurant today, that's my freedom. That's more important than 250,000 people dying. That's literally how they look at things because they think they're the center of the universe. Then a lot of these folks are kind of in a group bubble. So everyone in my group says this, so we're gonna think of things like this. Anyone who is the most bit liberal or frankly rational minded has evolved to the point where they see that we're a part of a larger thing. And this virus is the perfect example of it because it is something that the consequences are direct. So the idea of, okay, I spew a little bit of carbon in the air, it's, it's, a, it's a harder thing to trace. But the virus thing is, is such a pure example of it. And that if people don't do the right thing about a virus, they are sure as hell not gonna do the right thing about the climate. You can guarantee that. So the question is, how do we get people up that continuum of psychological development? Well, we model the right behavior. Now, 
we encourage them, hey, look, it's cool to be somebody who cares about other people, right? And that's not something that the left always does very well. A lot of times the left does not model a better way of being in some, because a lot of those folks who are on the left are not at higher levels of psychological development. They are actually egocentric or group centric and they're not world centric. So they're just mirroring more bad behavior and no one wants to be, if you're telling people, hey, don't be racist. And then it's like, well, you're racist. So you, you, if you're going to be against racism, you have to not be racist against anyone, right? You have to stop with that stuff. And same with COVID. If you want to show these folks a better way, you got to model better behavior, model making sure that you're doing the right thing. Don't be like the Denver mayor, Hancock, who has been telling people don't go home for Thanksgiving and then goes home for Thanksgiving. So you, you can't do that stuff. We have to model better behaviors and then kind of bring people along. Now, the question is, what if people aren't coming along fast enough? Well, with climate change, yeah, we might not have a lot of time. For the virus, we got to crack down right now. So that is when a government steps in. So we need to both have that government stepping in to say, this is what we need to do. And if you're going to be a complete jackass about spreading a disease, sorry, but you're going to lose your business license potentially. That does need to happen. With environmental stuff, we do have to have a stick, but we have to have the carrot. And we environmentalists and we people who are not in viral denial, we are not doing a good job modeling another way. We're not, we're not modeling better ways of living. We're not, we don't have these eco communities where people really get along very well. Those are very far flung and they rarely last. We're not doing the modeling ourselves. And that's why ultimately I feel like this comes back to ourselves, the responsibility for those of us who know better. So if you are somebody who cares about climate change and you are still not really modeling great behavior or not trying to look at the larger systems, well, no one, why would they want to join our team? Why would they want to be a part of our thing when they can just continue doing what they're doing with no repercussions, right? And same with virus stuff. If you're telling people not to do things, it's important. And then you're doing it the, yourself. That's not helping the situation and it's entrenching them. And I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I'm definitely have been lashing out against folks on this virus stuff because I, whereas I don't do that really much for environmental stuff. Mostly I critique environmentalists for not really doing what matters for environmentalism because I don't think that non-environmentalists are, are going to be listening anyway and just beating them up. But this virus stuff might be an instance where the shame is reasonable because we don't know in, in people's hearts of hearts if they're really racist, but we do know that they are spreading a disease and not following public health orders. So that's kind of the difference. So I just implore everyone, let's focus on knocking this virus back. And if we environmentalists and people who believe in a disease can't even do the most effective things in terms of we can start up our own organizations. We can ask our government to do the right thing. We can demand it. If we're just sitting back and just hoping it all works out, that that's part of the problem. And that's what we're doing on climate change too. We're doing a bunch of half-assed stuff and mostly virtue signaling that isn't making much of a difference. And we're spending all of our time blaming the other side. Now, it's definitely true that 
climate deniers are making this worse and viral deniers are making this worse too. But it's time that we accept our accountability and realize that until we model that proper behavior, no one's going to come over to our side. And as long as environmentalists are selling out the environmental movement by being fake environmentalists, by being Wall Street environmentalists, by being by censoring other environmentalists that have actual solutions and are looking at systemic change, then we have no one to blame but ourselves. It, so long as folks like we're putting out a petition, hey, we should in, encourage the state to enforce these public health mandates. And then I get somebody saying, oh, you shouldn't do that. What if somebody gets shot? And it's like, so you're saying that these restaurant owners are going to kill government officials because of public health orders, then they're literally terrorists and they need that needs to be addressed. We're, the rest of us are not going to live in fear because you think that that's going to... So you would rather just wait for hundreds of thousands more people to die than to have basic, reasonable laws enforced? Like, I'm sorry, but you are doing more harm than good. And I have less tolerance for that because you know better. These folks at lower levels of psychological development do not know better. So... This was just my attempt to kind of put out these concepts. Obviously, I haven't come up with any real solutions, except we can start up our little efforts locally, such as Colorado COVID Watch or whatever you're doing. We can link things up nationally, because ideally a group like Colorado COVID Watch, we'd have a one in every state, and then we can link it up, and that makes it seem like a real movement, because it's easy for the anti-maskers or the, the open Colorado, reopen Colorado folks to say, it's just easy to be knee-jerk against something that, that gets way more people. So I, if you're listening to this, you care about this issue, you care about COVID, start up your state's COVID watch and I'll help you figure out how to set it up and we can link up more nationally. If you care about environmental stuff and you're doing some stuff on it, link up with a national coalition that we are discussing and we'll be talking about in the new year. That's where we'll be having phone calls and stuff like that. We're just going to be a hub. I'm not going to be in charge of this stuff. I just want to be a place where we can have these conversations. This is what we need to do, people. We need to have a focus. We need to focus on the things that we want to do. We actually actually have to do things. And then we have to link up with folks who are on the same page in a national coalition. Otherwise, we can't go about spending most of our days blaming the other side because that's what we love to do because it's super easy. That's not enough anymore. And it's time we start calling that in. So not calling it out necessarily, but if we know folks, hey, it'd be better if we actually did something together, then that's the best way. And then if it's a large environmental group, say that's selling something out, then yeah, it's time to call them out. It's the only way to do it. So calling out is actually publicly versus calling in is speaking to them individually. So that's what we need to do. We can't just blame others for it. Trump is gone, right? Supposedly. <laughs> He'll be gone. So the scapegoat for everything, that's what I hear. I'm like, oh, this thing happened. Oh, Trump. No, no, it's not just Trump. Trump is a symptom. It's us, okay? It's us. It's been us the whole time. The call is coming from inside the house, okay? We have to take accountability for this. And this is what's happening with this pandemic. And it's coming home to literally kill us, okay? So if we don't learn our lessons from this pandemic, we are not going to save the environment, okay? We are not going to fight climate change. We'll have to give up on all of those issues unless you just want to feel good about, oh, I did my, it's like, no. 
This, this is our lesson. We're learning it right now. What are you doing about a deadly pandemic? If you're not doing anything, then I don't really believe that you're going to do anything on the climate. Give me a break. So work on this. Do the right thing. Be a part of entities. Be a part of larger efforts. We have to come together on this stuff. Or again, there is no one, and I mean no one to blame except ourselves.